0: Welcome to What in Tarnation, Tar Hill Blog's hot take podcast. On this episode, we're discussing the field hockey team's national championship, how the end of the season is going for the football team, and looking ahead to the Phil Knight Invitational for the basketball team. I'm Tanya Anderson, and with me as always is Brandon Anderson and Julius Emanuel. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing pretty good, with the exception of what happened with the football team, but Yeah. Aside from that, pretty good.
2: Julius? Yeah, I've been better as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about that. Um, I've written a lot of football recaps this year, and my biggest complaint has been that I feel like I've written the same recap every single week. Yeah. It's like the offense was really good, the defense was really bad, but somehow they found a way to win. And this week, the offense was pretty bad. And the defense wasn't awful in a vacuum. But when you take into consideration the fact that they were playing a third string quarterback, it, it it's not great that you gave up 21 unanswered points.
1: Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Um, I would even argue that the defense probably did just enough to give the whole team a chance, but lots of drop passes, the offensive line crumbling, and just overall weirdness in play calling, I think really just... Th- this was just a bad game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean... Truly, if you want to put it, it being the blame, anywhere, I think you probably have to start with the offensive line.
2: Or just the offense in general. Um, (laughs) Because today, we know exactly what we've got with our defense, right? Um, And... I get it whether it was a third or fourth string quarterback in Georgia Tech. They still held Georgia Tech to 21. But as we've seen in previous games and offensive droughts, we'll call them. um, Did UNC even score in the second half? Um, They did not. They did not. So, yeah, for better or for worse, going into this game, um, you know, this late in the season, we knew exactly what we had. And it really wasn't even – the defense put us in a situation where we needed to shoot out because 21 points is not a shootout, right? We just – we didn't perform on offense, and we know why. But yeah. I, I assume we'll get into that. But
0: <laughs> Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um, I think I'm a little down on the offensive line because I saw a tweet today that said they've given up 26 sacks yeah. in the last – five or six games and have, and the defense has only gotten six in that time. And I mean, that's just a lot to be up (laughs) against. Um, And I, I don't really know what that breakdown is suddenly, but it's bad. It's, it's, it's bad.
2: I would contribute that breakdown to um, what Pitt was trying to do. People are trying to get after get after Drake May now, um, and it may not be that we just have um, personnel grouping that we can, you know, to protect him or what, what have you. But it's not just the lines' fault either. We, at least uh, when it comes to the Georgia Tech game.
1: Yeah, um, Georgia Tech has a pretty good defensive line. Like they were pretty much bull rushing the line basically the entire time, just cause they could like it, within two seconds, they had like both sides just caving in on Drake. And it was just like, well, I don't know how you're going to escape this one. <laughs> so you're I mean, not. You're not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is the one thing that I'll at least kind of sort of give Georgia tech credit for. Like that was more of their, like that was what they had going for them. But I think overall, it's just like at some point you got to figure out how to protect your quarterback. (laughs) Um, Drake has gotten really creative this year. He thankfully has really good vision. Um, I would even argue he probably would have – it would have looked like he had saved the game in some ways if it weren't for the receivers. Um, But, yeah, the line – The line's been frustrating this year, for sure.
0: And you're very right about that. If the touchdown isn't called back for holding, or if Josh Downs holds on to the touchdown at the end, we're having a very different conversation. Um, I think I'm a little more likely to not be as critical of the offense because they have been – the sole reason why we're even in the position we're in because the defense has put them in such a horrible spot all year and they've managed to rise to the occasion outside of the Notre Dame game but everything just felt a bit off like nothing was clean nothing felt easy um, and you can attribute some of that to you know Downs was clearly not a hundred percent. he he was just not himself. Um, and when you have, you know Bryson Nesbitt being asked to be sort of the receiver when he's not used to being asked to do that, um it's it's hard. I think they missed Antoine Green a lot,
2: a lot, a lot. yeah. Um, well and to be fair though w- what was the t- the first touchdown pass of the game what a 50yard uh, run and uh, how quickly did we go back to that yeah we didn't
1: we didn't
0: and I mean I I have my <laughs> I have my beef um with this extends back to even, I mean, before, obviously, as well. But, like, I feel like they have been, to put it charitably, um, confusing when it comes to the offensive play calling, particularly in the red zone the last couple of games. Um, It has kind of just looked like, a teenager playing Madden and being <laughs> like, I'm going deep. I'm going deep. And it's like, maybe run it. No, no, we're thrown. Yeah. And, um, I just feel like that has sort of been the default, even when the situation hasn't called for it. Yeah. And it's like, Elijah Green is, is a capable man. <laughs> like, can we, feed him a little more. Um, But when you run into the issue of the offensive line is giving up a lot of sacks and the play calling is such that we're defaulting to passing plays, even like deep in the red zone on first down, like it's not, it's not a, great recipe like it's gonna work sometimes because drake may's great but sometimes it's gonna be ugly
1: yeah one thing that phil longo said that is it's been bugging me all day is he said that some of the sacks were on the offensive line and some of the sacks were just on
0: other factors
1: on other factors you know what the factors are it's you. The problem is you. If you won't say it, the problem is you. Like it felt it feels like we have just regressed like near the beginning of the season, I feel like some of these red Zone issues were more or less solved. I feel like the play calling was more or less better. And I feel like we have just been walking things backwards over the last few games.
2: Uh, oh, okay, to be that's fair, but in all honesty, was it that our play column was better or that Drake May was over, able to overcome that with those miraculous passes that he was doing? Because they've seemingly been still been doing the same thing, right? And we're late enough into the season where if you watch any film, you know exactly what Carolina is going to do when they get inside the 20. Yeah. Yeah. And I got it. I got it. Uh, Drake May is the, the first... Um, Legitimate, legitimate Heisman candidate even more so than Sam Howell was. Um, but, no, th- this play calling is just weird, uh, inconsistent. And, yeah, if you're – they're able to generate the pass for us that we seemingly cannot on our defense because they kind of know what we're going to do.
1: Yeah. Right. And I'm glad you said that because that really opens the door for the whole what Sam Howell couldn't do that Drake may can do – conversation i mean how tried to make longo look good he just didn't have the tools to do it like there's just some things that he wasn't as good at that drake may is extremely good at and i think to your point like it's just it makes all the difference in making phil longo look good
2: <laughs> and i forgot who I was watching, but one of the biggest things I remember them mentioning about the difference between Sam Howe and Drake May was Drake May's getting that ball out, or at least trying to, whereas, you know, Sam, it kind of held on to it, you know, quite a bit, um, you know, obviously we can point to Drake May being able to read it a little better. Um, you know, a little faster and getting out there. So that's that's made him look a little better. But yeah, I have not really seen um, a change in the play call. And like you mentioned, I've seen a, a regression there, and it's just baffling to me. I got what you're trying to do, but let him have his Heisman moment with us getting a win, not with this ugly game that you just had this late into the season, and now it's just you know what what happened. Yeah,
0: and I mean. This is one of those games where I feel like if it was basketball, we'd be like, oh, they were like, they were looking too far ahead. They just didn't see the trap game. Um, I don't feel like it was a trap game. They just were bad. Yeah. And that's frustrating. I felt like um, some of the reaction was a little extreme I mean, even, like, um, in our own Slack, the minute that Drake threw an interception, it was, oh, there goes the Heisman. And it was like, I mean, he has four all season. His numbers are still better than all the people they like to put in the graphics for Heisman favorites. So I felt like it was a little bit, like, trigger happy on... The reaction to what happened, Drake did not have a good game. That is not up for debate, (laughs) but um, he's been so good that I, I just felt like everyone immediately defaulting to like, oh, there it goes, was like, I mean, it was a bad game. Everyone was bad. No argument there, but... I have a hard time believing that they were actually going to give Drake the Heisman, even if Saturday had gone well, um, just because he hasn't gotten, in my mind, the respect that he's deserved for the season he's having. So if he doesn't win it, I don't think it's because he threw a pick in a bad game, Um, but it's going to be a fun and by fun i mean miserable talking point Mm -hmm. when it happens
1: and i mean i think also as far as how things just got overhyped and all that the conversation started coming up with the playoffs and i was just kind of like i don't know that that is a conversation we should even be having because First off, I feel like the top four teams are more or less set without UNC. Like they're 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 just not in the picture in my mind. But I think the other thing is that we still have state coming up, and even though they're on their backup quarterback, they have a really good defense. We still have to play Clemson, who we haven't beaten in. I'm really not sure how long. I just didn't see. I I did not see a way for UNC to pull that off and like it's fun to talk about and all of that but I think realistically it was just kind of like I don't know why we're doing this
2: to ourselves
0: at least two teams would have needed to be eaten by dinners
1: right
2: for
0: them to end up in the playoff.
2: but so i so i definitely understand uh both of those points and i think um tanya i'll say one thing is that i think you had more of a timid kind of response to that game because of, you know of what you just said there uh, i think some of us were um for better or for worse on the hype train with uh, drake as a husband, thinking that maybe he had an outside chance at getting it but he needed to ha- but unfortunately for him, and it is unfortunate because he shouldn't have had to do it. He needed to continue the that insane uh, numbers and statistics that he had put up. And so, you know, as soon as that kind of goes poof, it's like, oh, well, there, you know, there you go. That's very unfortunate because he was if he was in the SEC, if he was a Bryce Young uh, for Alabama, we know what the conversation would be. Oh, he's allowed one bad game. You know, he's yep. still number one kind of thing. Um, Brandon, to uh, your point, I think it's fun. Anytime mm-hmm. it's. Stressful. Yes, I got it. But anytime UNC can be considered in a in a conversation about the college football playoff, I think it's worth entertaining because I, not only does it create a rabid fan base. Right. But it also I think it also helps recruiting quite a bit, too. Right. Because you're not just selling hot air. Um, you know, hey, we're there. This is kind of what we're doing with the recruits coming. So, yeah, I definitely understand it, and I'm not just saying that because I was on that train. Um, <laughs> and but then, well ultimately, if we're coming down to it, I think for maybe a week, I thought we could be Clemson, but it wasn't so much that us needing to be a, a part of the conversation as us being there. It was for the conference to lift the eventual winner, which I assume would have been Clemson to the college football playoff, because as a conference, we broke. Yeah. We need, we need that money. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we need them in the playoffs so that we could have, you know, theoretically gotten to the orange bowl and help, you know, shore up the coffers of both seats. So that's what I was doing.
0: <laughs> Do you think if Clemson wins that they're in the playoff?
2: Not now. Yeah.
0: I don't, I don't think yeah. they would have been either way. I guess that's, I guess that's me like I've I've had a very um pragmatic view of this season where it's just like there's a reason that 9 and 1 UNC was ranked where they were there's a reason why um you know Clemson wasn't even in the sort of conversation for the playoff before this. And like I said, I just kept looking at it and being like, well, maybe if TCU and Michigan get eaten in a bear attack, then like the winner of the ACC championship can be in the playoff. But if that doesn't happen and I don't, I don't know what the bear situation is like in Texas. It's probably (laughs) not very good. Um, but it it seemed like a very long shot to me.
2: So the only thing that I was kind of looking at here was I do not expect TCU to go undefeated, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if they go to the Big 12 championship game and lose, that's fine with me. But what I was thinking of – on the current trajectory that uh, Clemson and UNC, or the past trajectory that they were on, say you've got a 7-8 or 7-9 ACC championship game because there is precedent there. UNC jumped four spots in their final game after the NC State debacle, which was a close game. Remember when we went up like 35-7 uh, in the first quarter and held on to win and still jumped four spots going into the um, championship game. So say you've got a 7-9 ACC championship game in Charlotte and it's a fantastic game, or Clemson blows it out, whatever. Depending on what happens within that Big Twelve game, I think you would have had to put a twelve and one ACC champion Clemson over a um, eleven and one TCU runner up to the Big Twelve kind of thing. I, you know, and if you don't, at least you're still there. And again, I'm trying to get. Um, looking at the chessboard here, trying to see if I can get Clemson into the playoff, see if I can get us to the Orange Bowl and um, make sure that Notre Dame doesn't leap us. Because, oh, by the way, they can take our spot in the Orange Bowl and our money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I respect your uh, your love for this league, whereas I'm just like, I mean, if if UNC isn't going to be there, then the. (laughs)
2: So can we we just leave after this? (laughs) they will start to go fund me. I'll contribute my
1: $10. (laughs) (laughs) The violinists are playing on the sinking ship that is the ACC. Mm -hmm. And you're just like,
0: like, "Eh, it'd be like that sometimes. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: But I, I hope that, um, all of this, whatever happens the rest of the way, uh, just fuels Drake May's hate fire
1: yeah.
0: next year and is like, I demand the respect that they wouldn't give me. Um, I hope that it's not a Sam Howe situation where I feel like he peaked early and then it was like, just wait till next year. He's going to be better. And then it it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't better. Um, so I'm hoping that's not what we're in for. I don't think it is. I think Drake may is a better quarterback, um, which old me would have thought was sacrilegious to say. Um, But yes, I just hope that uh, the lack of respect, the team got for, and I mean, it's not completely undeserved disrespect. I mean, we watched those games. They were, if you look at the win-loss column, it's pretty. If you, like, open the curtain, it's like, oh, God, and shut the curtain <laughs> real quick. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I hope that he and they use that uh, next year to uh, try to be in those conversations more uh, neutrally and less, like, well, if you squint your eyes and put on your ACC glasses and uh cross your fingers, you can see how maybe uh all of that could work out, but you know, be better, be be <laughs> a better team and uh maybe you can be in that conversation earnestly.
2: Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I don't I mean, I might see I might see you in Florida, but it definitely won't be for an orange ball. <laughs>
0: You will not see me in Florida, sir. No. (laughs) That's a conversation for a different podcast. (laughs) Um, Speaking of teams going places, um, the basketball team will be going out West for their Turkey Day um, for the Phil Knight Invitational. But before they do that, they needed to take care of James Madison at home Um, and because this is our first podcast of the season so far, I think we can all say, um, it's been probably a little more nerve wracking than we would have hoped to this point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just, I, I would have expected a team that had so many returning players to be, have a bit more, um, uh, just togetherness that's. Not the word I was looking for, but I'll go with it. Um, it. It hasn't really been there. It I remember watching, I can't remember, it was the first game or the second game, and it very much looked like they all were on their own NBA draft auditions. Um, that didn't go so well. And I think at some point, very slowly, really, the realization kind of kicked in like, oh right, we're still Carolina basketball and we have to play team basketball and we have to put in a hundred percent effort every single night, otherwise somebody's gonna kick our teeth in. Um I feel like that was a bit more realized in this game than it has been in the other ones. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a little stressful.
2: So, here's something for you. I went back and looked at the first four games of last season going into that Purdue massacre. Um, knowing that we have, you know, we got the Portland game before we have to face either um, Villanova or um, Iowa State. UNC was only out-rebounded once last season against Brown, of all people. Uh, they've been out-rebounded twice this season. And I don't, I don't mean just by one. Um, there was a... Forty-two thirty-one uh out rebound in their total in, in game two. Um so I don't know what you want to do with that. Um, but like we mentioned earlier, um as far as Ken Palm Ken Palm rankings for whatever they're worth, James Madison was the highest uh, rated team that we played thus far, which you know was at eighty. Um, you know, we'll get into that. But yeah, it's definitely interesting to say the least
0: yeah it's just been strange i feel like um i think brandon put it well um it looked like everyone was kind of on their own audition um it looked very out of sorts it looked i mean the lack of assists i think was a glaring issue um to be i mean i put in one of my recaps that for a while now it feels like as the rebounding battle goes so goes carolina um because they do depend on those sort of like particularly the offensive rebounding to get the second chance points and that sort of thing to really um help boost their scoring and when you're not getting that against teams like they've played so far, it's concerning. Um, I think this game was a more complete game, but James Madison outscored him in the second half. So why why were we, you know, taking our foot off the gas like that Um, just because you had a, a nice, comfortable halftime lead for the first time all season.
2: Um, and another thing, you can't score, you cannot have a three-point percentage rate in the 20s no, and be out, out, out-rebounded out against some of these teams that we're going to see, especially here coming up in a week, uh, and expect to win. I mean, you might, but it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, yeah, the... The rebounding is just. This is so. This was the first game where it kind of seemed like good, but that's because
0: Bacot had twenty three,
1: right, and he was bigger than everybody,
0: right. But without that, it looks closer to the other games, which is not great,
1: right. But yeah, the second half of this game, if I remember right, at one point I looked. And James Madison was outscoring UNC eighteen to two. Um, So it very much did
0: come out like out of halftime on like a a big run.
1: Yeah, they UNC just took a nap basically on the court. I don't know what was going on. I think part of it was James Madison kind of they went into the locker room, I think, and I whatever speech they got from their head coach. They came out and they were like, "Okay, we're going to leave it out on out on this court." And I think UNC was caught off guard a little bit. I also think there was probably a little more overconfidence than they should have had. But
0: also, this is you know not a reason why it's been this way, but it's been the thing that I have wondered in almost every game. But it's like, do I have to put Dontre Styles? On a milk carton. Yes. Because I have not seen that man. <laughs> is he still here? I do some, not know.
2: Someone actually messaged me about that. I was like, I don't have any inside information. <laughs> 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 I, was, I, I need some inside
0: information <laughs> though, because that man is is missing. Yeah. And I would like to find him very much. I mean, again, not a reason why things have gone the way they have at all. Um, But my thought was that he was going to be like first or second guy off the bench.
1: That was what it seemed like that we were going to get coming out of the summer. Right. Um,
0: And instead, he didn't even make it into the game. No. Against James Madison. So and I'm also,
2: confused. And also now you got Seth Tremble rising at draft boards. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's legit. I have a lot of fun watching him
1: play. I wish refs would stop calling nonsense on him, but I, I've enjoyed watching his energy on defense. He, his shot looks really good. He hit his first three, I think of his UNC career in this game. Um, He's just, he's so good. He's been fun. We also got Puff Johnson back. Yeah. Which I think will help tremendously moving forward because he has always been that spark off of the bench. And so I feel like if, you know, for instance, Seth Tremble isn't able to get what he wants to get going, going, um, Puff's going to get it done. i He's one of those guys that I'm just not worried about. When it comes to effort and being able to get a couple shots in and play hard defense,
0: who has concerned you the most so far?
1: Uh, I would have said Pete Nance before the um, game against Gardner Webb, but now I don't know. I feel like it might be Caleb. It, not,
2: not, not to be a beating drum, because I feel like we did a bit of this last season too. <laughs> but like, it's yes, it's him. And it's Do you because- like that
0: I asked a leading question knowing exactly what we were all going to say <laughs> and just. Opening that door anyway. And
2: I, because I had to be. It's,
0: it's true, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Caleb, but also he scares me.
2: He infuriates me. It's, uh, if, oh no, I mean, I, I get it with the confidence and uh, I understand what they're asking him to do, but you got to make him.
0: Yeah. And I just feel like we're still seeing a little bit of the Caleb that's like, it didn't go in. I'm going to try again. It didn't go in. I'm going to try again. It didn't go in. I'm going to try again. And like, I respect that you can shake that off and think like, well, the next one will go in. It's fine. Um, But you have a team of people who are very good. And maybe they would like to touch the ball.
1: Well, and I think I might have said this to you at some point, but he reminds me of R.J. Barrett. And
2: like...
0: oh, I don't think you said that to me because that's... Uh, <laughs> I don't think I would have let you stay in the house if you said that. I was about to say, but,
2: can you... Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> I
1: mean, well, listen,
0: I can say bad things <laughs> if I want to. I compare him to a dupe.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> Hear now me I'm gonna fight. Hear me out. Hear me out. This I you mean, from a volume shooter perspective. Yeah, Like, okay. he needs to put up a bunch of shots per game because like that's his game. And it's kind of unfortunate if he's missing, but it's great when he's making them. Right. And I think that probably isn't going to necessarily hurt him in the draft as long as he does good enough. But the question is, will he do good enough? And that's the part I can't figure out. He
0: was a little more reserved in this game. He only took 11 shots.
2: Right. And so and again we're doing the 2021 redux here. What I'm saying is that like I got it with the volume, but if we're not rebounding is as good as a turnover. Yeah. Uh, Cuz you know what happens? He misses it long and it's going back the other way for two. Yeah. And it's just you you can't, you know, I got it, but that is not only is it unfortunate, but you're putting your team in a terrible situation.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's basically made his bed as a shooting guard now. Like, he came into the first couple seasons as a combo guard. I don't think that anymore. I think he's just a shooting guard. He is who he is. And I can only hope that all of his, like, hundred thousands of shots start going in at a higher clip. But I really think that we have who we have at this point.
0: We we do. We do. Um yeah. I'm just saying that it exacerbates a problem <laughs> when it's the same thing over and over. And I, I so badly just want someone to say, Caleb, it's okay. RJ exists. Baycott exists even leaky has been on some like I'll take some offense for you. It's fine stuff. Like let them let them do it. Let them let them try. Mm -hmm. It's okay.
2: And and so and just so we're not just harping on Caleb's um Three point percentage, of course, that may be a big driver in, in what we the stats that we see. Um, I am a little concerned about heading into this invitational with uh, the inconsistencies that we've had between rebounding and our three point percentage. Like that's is yeah. no, we know what happened when we went to Purdue um, into the Purdue game last season, and it's a little worse than it was at this point last year. So,
1: well, and that that's where. I actually was also a little bit worried about Baycott for a little bit there because he was having entire halves where he just wasn't rebounding. And then he'd come out in the second half and he was just like, I'm grabbing every board. It's fine, guys. I got it. This game, 23 rebounds, (laughs) thankfully, and 19 points. Like I think he's finally back to preseason All-American Baycott for now. I hope – he keeps that up um i he was definitely one of the ones where i was just like you're you're trying out for the nba right now and i get that you want to show off your jump shot you want to show that you can hit it from 3 but you still play for a team and i think you have to remember your role and i'm not that's not meant as a slight but like you really do have to remember what your strengths are where your place is on the team as, like, a leader, as somebody that gets dirty on the board, somebody that basically just destroys everybody down low. Um,
0: And he seemed to have that realization when he made his I'm not a CEO, I'm a high-level janitor Exactly. comment. So I hope that that was, like, a turning point for him. Certainly this game was much better, so maybe that – was in fact a sort of come to Jesus moment for him where it was like, I need to get back to basically what I am here to do. Um, but yeah, I think my assessment of the season so far is like, it's a little bit hosting on last year's success, a little bit playing down to competition, a little bit. We don't have to Play our best to beat this team so we're kind of going to just throw some stuff at the wall and see what works because we we can afford that kind of flexibility against you know the gardener webs of the world but these teams should have put a little bit of fear into them because you should not have been in a rock fight with College of Charleston. You should not have been in a rock fight with Gardner-Webb.
2: So thankfully, we're gonna find out what, you know, what the identity of this team is, right? Especially, so to anyone listening, we're not even looking at um, the season so far through the lens of a number one ranked team, right? Even knowing what happened last season. We we'll know what they want to do. We we'll know what they want to do and what they want to um, be known for, and they want to live on the edge. See what happens to UNC football uh, doing that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So thankfully, it, it's not going to take that long. we will know what, here in about a week. <clears throat> uh, what's going to happen? So, yeah.
1: Um, one question I have for both of you because I just thought about this, and I, I guess I hadn't thought of enough about it before. And I'm not saying that this is why any of this is happening, but just getting a feel for the situation. How much do we feel like the some of what's happened so far has to do with Brady manic not being here anymore as far as like his leadership, what he was able to do on the court when nobody else was able to do it sometimes. What are your thoughts?
0: I think the main thing is the the Successful three point shooting.
2: <laughs> yeah. Fair, and the, and then so the other thing that I was going to say was, did Brady start off that way? No, but no. It, it took him. Yeah, so it took yeah. him a, a bit to get integrated. Um, so you know, that's I'm I'm hoping that uh Pete can you know, replicate at least some somewhat some of what what Brady brought to us. But yeah, I don't think the Brady thing um kind of applies here. But yeah, exactly what what. Tanya said, I guess we we need we need the three-point shooting. We really you you need one of two, right? You need a three-point shooting or you need the rebound. Preferably yeah. both. And preferably preferably not rebound in, uh 20 minutes threes a game. But uh we <laughs> we need one of those two.
1: Yeah. And like that that definitely wasn't like I think Pete Nance is pretty much where he more or less should be expected to be at this point like he's getting more comfortable i think he's figuring out you know he's fine he's getting his shots easier on the court like he, he seems to be more of a catch and shoot guy instead of what rj davis was doing where he was like crossing people up and then just pulling up for a jumper like i don't think that's maybe his bag but like i I don't know. I guess I was more curious just because I don't know. Like, I think Manic was a very well-respected guy on the team. Um, but I, also,
0: these people are elder statesmen. Yeah. At, at this point, like, yeah. There, there's not a lot of youth that needs <laughs> to be kept in line. Yeah. Uh, or there shouldn't be, I guess, that uh, at least as, as as far as the starters go. Obviously, um, some of the bench guys are pretty young, but, you know.
1: I mean, yeah, Leakey's a graduate, Baycott's a senior.
0: And the other two are juniors, yeah. so, I mean
2: so okay for, so for me i'll do a yes and no there so yes if we had the january manic that we saw right that was speaking up in the press conferences saying you know this is not how we want to be yes we we are missing that we could use that but then no uh seeing how we didn't quite have that at this point in the season last season um so you know I, there's there's room for them to step up and be the upperclassmen that we think that they can be um, if they're going to do that.
0: I'm hoping by the time we do this again that we have a better outlook on things. I mean, I'm not I am not down and out on them, certainly.
2: No. Um, No, absolutely.
0: I think when you come into the season ranked number one, for better or worse, there's you can only go down yeah. like there's, there's no room for improvement from there. So the criticism is obviously going to be harsher than it would be if you were ranked like eight or whatever. Um I think I'm hard on them because I know they're capable of more. Mm-hmm. They showed us what they're capable of last year and for it to still be fundamentally the same st- starters obviously without manic but subtracting one person from a team that went to the national championship should not result in me having heartburn against college of charleston um so yeah if i'm hard on them it's because i know that they are a better team than they have shown to this point
2: which count which runs counter to what everybody else is gonna do. Right? right. We're hard on them because we we know they can be better and want them to be better. Everybody else is gonna be hard on them because they want to see them fail. Yeah. Right. So.
0: Exactly. And um, you know, I I think they'll be okay. Um, they're too talented to not be okay. I do think it's gonna take a little bit of calibration of mindset maybe that like just because you come in rank number one does not mean that these teams are going to fall at your feet and let you get away with playing like you've never played together before yeah
1: and I do think one other thing too is um Hubert Davis is not doing the iron five anymore like he wants to be done with that whether or not he has to go back to that near the end of the season. We'll see. But, like, he's still trying to figure out lineup combinations, who plays well with whom. And, like, it. that's still very much a factor, too. So I'm sure there's going to be a time where he puts a lineup in and they just get obliterated. And then he's like, oh, maybe I won't do that anymore. And, you know, that's all. Just part of the first, you know, five, ten games of the season is just figuring out. Who plays well with whoever else is on the court?
0: Well, they don't have five or ten games to play with it if they want to not get embarrassed in this Invitational. I will say that. Um, Maybe you can get by with that with Portland, but um, Villanova and Iowa State are not going to – be a fun time if we're still incapable of making threes and insistent on not rebounding at the level that we know they are capable of. So um, time to get thrown into the fire and see what comes out on the other side.
1: Yeah. Um, And then after they face Iowa State or Villanova, they can either play UConn, Oregon, Alabama or Michigan State. The Michigan State one probably scares me the most.
2: Let's do it. UNC versus Tom Izzo. Come on.
1: Uh, I mean, historically, yeah, but who did Michigan State just beat? Didn't they beat Kentucky?
2: Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> no i i uh, def- I, under- I understand but like i don't know i guess i, I kind of try to adhere to the old Roy philosophy right so first case scenario they make it to michigan state and they lose imagine you'd much rather want that now as opposed to february
0: yep. yeah yeah absolutely you know maybe that is the humbling experience that makes them angry enough to snap out of this sort of like sleepwalking thing that it feels like they've been doing so far. Um, when you get punched in the mouth hard enough, you usually try your best to make sure that doesn't happen again. And um yeah. hopefully, I mean, not that I want them to lose. I I don't. Um right. I would love for them to, you know, Turn that corner without needing to take a loss to do it because I'm not such a mentally strong person that UNC basketball losses don't still like ruin my entire weekend. But you know
1: (laughs)
2: Especially when the football team loses against a three and seven Georgia Tech team. Yeah. I'm still I'm sorry, I'm still mad. (laughs) Exactly. It's It's
0: like you you are supposed to be the ones that I don't have to worry about.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Stop
0: making me worry about you.
1: The good news is usually with basketball, there's always like a stupid loss or two in non-conference, and then they figure things out in ACC play more or less. So
0: It's a very rational take.
1: It's rational. It doesn't mean I like it.
0: (laughs) As opposed to me where I'm just like completely mad for 48
2: (laughs) hours. Yeah. And also to be fair, if that did happen, it wouldn't be like we lost in Northern Iowa for UAB. Um,
0: why do you why why are we choosing violence?
1: That's so much <laughs> violence. That was such a bad game. I still have nightmares about that one.
2: Yes. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. Speaking um, of the unless
0: they the, Portland. In in which case my Thanksgiving. (laughs) I'm I will cancel Thanksgiving dinner. We will not eat that. You're just gonna
2: throw
1: the turkey in the (laughs) trash on you. I can tell you right,
2: I can tell you right now, if we lose the Portland, I am not gonna be in Chapel Hill Friday. No, I don't blame you. (laughs) I will not be recording
0: this podcast on Monday. (laughs) I'll be too mad. Uh Uh-huh you will hear me upstairs stomping around while don't have to record for <laughs>
2: well, I was going to say, though, uh, I, I don't know how we ended up with the men's and women's team playing the same college within a day or two of each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the women's team was down seven at halftime to James Madison before they came back to pull that off. Wow. Um, you know, so sharing the nervousness around. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Something about a team and Duke and...
1: They're the,
2: they're the, they're the, dukes. <laughs> the dukes yeah yeah we should just, just we should just tell them their mascot is uh mr wolf
0: <laughs> speaking of things that can ruin my thanksgiving
2: uh yeah
0: what if they come out friday in the black uniforms <laughs>
1: just, oh, no. Turn the oh no the <laughs> tv oh no
0: because that will
1: because it's their opponent's funeral
0: no <laughs> <laughs> you know, UNC tried to do the whole Black Friday black uniforms thing, and every time it resulted in terrible things happening.
2: Yeah. Oh, but you got to admit that Black Friday or uh, the the blackout for the Miami game that one time was epic.
0: <laughs> oh, I I love them. I just I feel like it is cursed. It's yeah. a little like the black jerseys for the basketball team. It's like I love them. Bad things happen to you in them, and I can't get past that.
2: Let's not set us up for the jokes that we already have to deal with if that happens. Let's go with our traditional (laughs) colors. (laughs) We don't need the you wore black to your own funeral stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just glad that it's at home so that we don't have to deal with stormtrooper uniforms, which are the most cursed uniform I have ever witnessed in college sports. Maybe even sports in
2: general. like Which is so maddening because they're so sick.
1: They're very white. <laughs> That's <laughs> my icy. thought on them. They're, they're icy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's like the full white tux at a dance or like a prom or something. It's like, you are very white.
0: It's very in this white monochrome. monochrome. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a team that is not infuriating. And it is the women's field hockey team who yeah. just brought home another national title. Um, as they do.
1: Yeah. Um, that was number four with number Aaron four. in there.
2: Yeah, number four for her. her, for Coach Shelton.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just I don't even know what else to say other than Aaron Matson's the goat, and so is Shelton. <laughs> it's just like,
0: yeah. I mean, the the field hockey team feels like they've kind of become what the women's soccer team was for a long time, where it's just almost expected. Yeah, um, but. Every year, they uh, they find a way to make good on that, which is extremely impressive.
1: Yeah. I think I saw something today. I didn't get to read it, but there, I think it might have been a, Adam Lucas wrote an article saying that this field hockey team, or it might have just been like the four-year stretch of Mets, and I'm not really sure. Um, one of the best teams, if not the best team that has ever suited up for Carolina in any sport.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how you I don't know how you argue with a four Pete. That's
1: it's extremely hard to do it's crazy. in any sport. It's just insane. Yeah.
2: But yeah. Shout out to them. And not only did they, I mean, and, and if that's not impressive enough, uh, they went undefeated through the regular season, through the ACC tournament, and then through the NCAA tournament. Crazy! That no. is dominant. Yeah,
1: the basketball team that you know we obviously hold very highly in on campus. Um, they've only done they've only had one undefeated season, which to say only one, you shouldn't even be able to say that, but then you have field hockey that they've just been crazy. So I, that's just given an idea of just how nuts that is.
0: Yeah. I. It's extremely difficult to do. And like I said, you know, to have that kind of repeated success is really, really impressive.
1: Yeah. She's going to start is, using national championships as doorstops like oh Anson Dorrance case. does. Yes. <laughs>
2: And how lucky are we to have such a storied soccer program and then to have a field hockey team with under one coach do 10 titles?
0: It's crazy.
2: It's
1: so wild.
0: And it just continues. Um, I know Adam Lucas posts about this um, every time, but it's like dating back. I don't even remember how long, but every student that has stepped foot on campus at Carolina has seen at least one national championship going back to I want to say like before I was born. Wow. Which is yes. wild.
2: Yeah, I wanna say this I think I wanna say he said 77, but I I could be wrong about that.
0: The, I wanted to say that it was. Something like that. So, yeah. But, I mean, how many people get to say that where, like, you go to a school and at least one of the teams wins a national title for every student that has set foot on campus in the last 40 years?
2: Crazy. Oh, speaking of, we're number one in the Director's Cup standings so far. There's, it's three out of 27 championships, so it's still early, but yeah. Wow pretty
0: cool I want to win that probably more than I should because like it it, it doesn't really but I feel like um, they always get close but never quite get there I feel like it's always like Stanford
1: why is Stanford always there
0: because they're good at a lot of random
1: things i've been trying to figure out what sport it is even that they're they're
0: good at women's basketball they're good at um
2: they're like king of the non-revenues too
0: yes (laughs) all the like not super popular sports stanford just like racks them up
2: water polo basket weaving stuff we don't have (laughs) (laughs) they're called at
1: league of legends tree climbing
0: <laughs> coming for you Stanford in your California whatever <laughs> West Coast you know yeah but can we appreciate the Aaron Matson picture like the MJ
1: goaded it's
0: it's amazing
1: goaded
0: whoever conceived of doing that is amazing.
1: And because I'm weird, I don't know if y'all like zoomed in any on like her hand, but she had like cuts and everything in that picture. <laughs> I was like, this girl is a G. I, <laughs>
0: I was like, at first I was like, but how did she just have a cigar on deck? And then I was like, okay, so somebody planned. It was, it was, but chef's kiss, whoever, whoever came up with it. I appreciate your your talents
1: oh yeah just one of the best like there was the sports illustrated cover yep. earlier this year mm-hmm. and this like those are two of the best um you know recreations recreated, yes, yes that i've seen in a long time
0: yep. well guys anything else that we want to touch on this time
2: Shout-out to the now eighth-ranked UNC women's basketball team, also heading to uh, their version. Yes. Shout-outs to them.
1: I'm excited to watch more of them this season. Hopefully they they make it back to the tournament, do some damage, and also, for the love of God, beat State because I just – they really
2: need to beat State
1: this year. <laughs> but isn't that I... every
2: Yes. Yeah. They split with them last year. Yeah. But it was it was at state where so Coach Banghart has called some flack just for some 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 dumb flack from state fans who just uh, embody the the uh feeling of victimhood. Uh, everything is about them and you know, is they're crying. But I'm just like, You guys are just insane. Um uh, but yeah. Uh, I know she won't call she won't call uh, their gym uh, a small gym anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, she was talking, she was giving comments about the rivalry, the heated rivalry between the two and the state fans got upset about that, too. I was like, so what do you what do you want here? You want her to talk? You want her to call the rivalry? Do you want her to talk about it or do you not? Because you're going to be upset either way.
1: They want to throw punches and have UNC's hands tied behind their back because they get really excited when Debbie Yao or really any of their people pop shots at UNC. But when we do it, it's like, oh, my goodness, why are you saying anything? Mm-hmm. It's annoying.
0: They they would not be happy with anything other than we are terrified of NC State and everything they stand for and they haunt my Nightmares on a daily basis. Yep. Anything other than that is is not going to be good enough.
2: Maybe in bass fishing,
1: <laughs>
0: hunting, <laughs> uh,
1: growing. Co- I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: uh, it just happens so quickly. Uh, um, yeah. But yes, uh, excited about the girls. They're also doing good things so hopefully we will have less stressful things to talk about next time we hang out together in the meantime would you guys like to tell the people where they can find
1: you um you can find me on thb brandon as long as elon musk doesn't blow up twitter
0: People just start are, uh, giving our mastodon. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
2: you, you, you can find me at at unc underscore tarehill fan. Uh, yeah, as long as Elon has Twitter still running.
0: He is not affiliated with the school, so do not DM him your tape. Do not DM, DM him asking if he can like get you a scholarship. It's it's just Julius. He, he's he's not.
2: Don't ask me for tickets either. Don't ask me for <laughs> any inside information because I'm not perusing the IC message boards for inf- information anymore. Um, no, I don't have any of that.
0: <laughs> and you can find me at Tanya underscore underscore Anderson, which if we do get kicked off Twitter, I will be reclaiming my name on other platforms (laughs) without all the underscores thank you very much i will beat these other people to it so um (laughs) that being said until next time go go heels
1: go heels go heels